welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski and uh, have a, an incredibly special guest uh, with us this week. Uh, my hero and and friend, Dwayne Kuyper, Giants broadcaster for how many years now? How many years have you been with the Giants as a broadcaster? You know, I guess, Joe, the first time I got a paycheck to talk would have been 1986. Wow. Uh, so that's a long time. And then I had the one year off where I, I went to Colorado, uh, really by, not by my choice, the Giants were going to move to Tampa. So they said, you guys need good jobs. So I hooked up with the Rockies and then they decided to stay. So I had a one year hiatus from the Giants. So 30 and years, luckily, I, yeah, 30 years non-consecutively, it sounds like. That's correct. That's wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. And by the way, the Giants considered moving to Tampa. It's like, boy, that's easy to forget now that the Giants are just about, you know, this year aside, the hottest ticket in baseball, beautiful stadium, uh, an incredible scene. And they really were. They were right on the brink of moving to Tampa. It was really a sad a sad state for us. Uh, that would have been in uh, September of 92 when – it looked like, you know, we were going to say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. Uh, we finished out the season in Cincinnati, and uh, we all got ticket stubs for that last game in Cincinnati because we figured, you know, it's not that they were valuable, but <laughs> it was going to be the last game in the history of the Giants franchise. Sure. Uh, and then lo and behold, you know, out of nowhere, uh, Peter McGowan puts this group together, and Bill White really had a lot to do with uh, – is saving this team from going to Tampa. And thank goodness now, I mean, if you look at the success, and you mentioned it, uh, I, I saw somewhere where Forbes put it at $2.6 billion. So that's not bad for a team that wasn't even going to be here. <laughs> not bad at all. Not bad at all. All right, Dwayne, there's so much I want to get to, but we have to start, obviously. It goes without saying. This week marks the 40th anniversary Um of what, in my view, and I've said this and written this many times, uh, is the single greatest moment in baseball history. Your, of course. Your, your home run off of Steve Stone. 1-0 pitch to the left-hand batter. He drives one down the right field line, headed for the wall, and it's gone! Wayne Kuyper just hit his first major league home run! How about that? Hey, look at Dwayne Mendo's bases. You've talked about it many, many times, uh, but it has to be fun to relive this every year. I mean, it's it's special that you know. I mean, obviously, as your one home run, uh, but but it is something people still like me. People still remember and talk about. Well, with social media the way it is now, I mean, look, I uh, I, I didn't I didn't know know that it was the 40th anniversary, but that morning. When I got on Twitter, and uh, like I said, with social media, you can be reminded of just about anything, whether you did something good or you did something bad. That's and, true. And I, I, I could have chosen five different uh, people that are on Twitter that that were showing the uh, the actual video of the home run. Yeah. So it's not like I could deny that it happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I couldn't deny that I didn't know it was my 40th anniversary. 
by by the time it was eight o'clock in the morning, I had uh, text messages from people, emails from people. Uh, I really felt in my lifetime that it's a much bigger home run than Bobby Thompson's. I just really was the shot heard around the world. Right, I really do. Uh, and I always tell the story about Al Michaels, who was in town. Uh, because that game was on Monday Night Baseball. Monday Night Baseball, no, yes. We were, not, we were not on national TV very often. So uh, so I hit the home run, and he says, do you believe in miracles? And then he had to reuse that line two years later, which really upset me. Because I thought that that line was just for my home run. Just for your home run. Not. Exactly. But when you hit the home run, obviously, you were it, you had not been in the league You've been in the league long enough for everybody to know that it was your first home run and, and that it was you, there had been a stretch of time, but it was still you were still a, a young player. You, you had to think there were going to be other home runs, right? I mean, the, the, you, you did not think this was going to be the last one. Joe, I thought I'd have at least four or five before <laughs> that one. So, uh, so the fact that I didn't have any until then, I started to think that, oh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get shut out after this one. Uh, when I walked up to home plate for the second at bat, because I hit the home run in the first inning, uh, a teammate of mine, Bill Melton, who was only there one year, he says to me as I'm walking up to the index circle, he says, you're not, you're not going to use that bat again, are you? I go, of course I am. He said, well, I'd put it away because you may not ever hit another one. I was like, well, what did he know that I didn't know? <laughs> Uh, so it turned out that I didn't ever hit another one. I have the bat. Uh, I have the ball. And the kids, my kids drug it out of the attic about three years ago. So it's sitting in my office. Uh, I keep, whenever I see uh, Jeff Idelson on the whole team, I say, look, Jeff, do you want this? I think it would be valuable for your collection. Do you want this? And he always looks me right and he goes, No, we're good. <laughs> we're good, huh? So he, he doesn't yeah, want wow. He wow. doesn't want it. He doesn't want it and I'm fine with it. But uh when he comes begging one of these things, <laughs> uh then I'm gonna play hard to get. As he will, as he will undoubtedly come begging for that ball. So I did not know that I, so. I, I feel you know, I I feel my that I'm that I'm somewhat of a of an expert, I did not know that story about Bill Melton asking you to retire the bat. I, that is, yeah, put, put it away. He said, "Put it away. It's going to be really valuable someday." It turns out that he was right on one thing that I was not going to hit another one, but he was wrong as far as the value of the bat. I can't believe that's not in the front hall of the Hall of Fame, like right on, the I first agree. thing. I, well, that's I'm going to talk to Jeff. I, it's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. All right, I want to talk uh, current baseball. I want to talk Giants, but I have to ask you one other thing because I've never asked you this before, <laughs> and I've I've seen this in, in various ways, but it really struck me again today as I looked at your baseball reference page. You were drafted like fifty-two times. Right. It's unbelievable. Your whole base, like the whole first half of your baseball reference page, is draft. So let let me see if I got this. Yeah. You were drafted. Yankees in the 12th round in 68, the ninth right. round by the Seattle Pilots in 69 January draft, but then also right. in the ninth round by the Pilots in the June draft of that same year, in the first round, fifth overall by the White Sox in the January 
1970 draft, the third round by the Reds in the 70 draft. The Red Sox took you in the fourth round in the 71 June draft. And then, of course, Cleveland taking you in the first round, 21st overall, in the 72 draft, in the January draft of that year, secondary phase draft. What, what was going on, Dwayne? They, they were drafting you over and over again. I know. You know, if the, the deal was is if you uh, went to junior college, then you could get drafted while you were in college. If you went to a four-year school, you had to wait till your junior year. You had to wait till you're 21. Right. So, I mean, I, I didn't go to junior college just to see if I could get drafted a bunch of times. <laughs> I went there because it was a smaller institution. Uh, find out if, if you really do love this game sure. as much as I thought I did. And, uh, and then, you know, look, I did get drafted all those times. Finally, with the Indians, the, uh, the, uh, the scout says to me, uh, you know what, the teams are starting to think that you don't want to play. <laughs> and uh, and you know, that kind of caught my eye. The fact that I wasn't doing real great in school, like maybe not going to class, that had something to do with it. <laughs> and I'll tell you a really quick story about uh, Al Unzer. Del Unzer's father is the scout that signed me. So he's coming oh. into Carbondale, Illinois to sign me, and he's never seen me. Uh, but he was a local guy in that area, so he calls the fraternity house, and he says, uh, would you leave a message for Dwayne that I will meet him at the Holiday Inn, and, uh, and we'll sign a contract. Well, there are two Dwaynes in the house. <laughs> and the other Dwayne got the message, who knows him at the Holiday Inn? <laughs> and uh, so Dwayne was kind of a chunky guy, right? So Al Unzer goes, I... I don't think I don't think we drafted a chunky guy from Southern Illinois. So now they had to track me down somewhere in Carbondale, and they got the right Dwayne to sign the contract. So it was never easy. Let's put it that way. Never easy. And, uh, it was never easy. Well, why? And, uh, well, but it turned out that it was the it was the best thing for me. I mean, it was the perfect organization for me, and it was the perfect town for me. Oh, it was great. And, uh, and I would not change one day of anything that ever happened to me in those years that I was in Cleveland. Oh, it was the best. It was the best. Okay, but but I but I am curious, why why did you keep not signing? What what was what was going on with the with your life that you uh that you just kind of kept putting it off? You know what? I was doing pretty well as far as playing junior college ball. We had a really good team. Uh and I just don't think that I was ready to jump into the professional models. I mean, I was a guarantee that was just trying to feel his way from being away from home for the first time. We were drafted by the Yankees. I was 17. I turned 18 shortly after that. Huh. But if I had jumped in the pro ball water, I don't know if I'd have lasted. Uh, you know, t- college is one thing. You've got coaches and you've got people around you that'll hold your hand. And, and uh, professional baseball wasn't so much like that back then. It was simple swim, so I'm glad I did it the way I did. Uh, the more we got drafted, the better idea we have of what the system was like. And uh, and so by the time the Indians drafted me, it was time. No, it's cool. And uh, it was time to go. I, I knew it worked out great. I couldn't be happier, obviously, the way it worked out. You know, you ending up in Cleveland as, as you did. Um Let's talk a little. Let's talk a little baseball today. Uh, first of all, I mean, obviously, the, the obvious question is: I, I thought, I, and I saw you very early in the year. I, I was up there uh, for for. Uh, 
Dodgers Giants series. And I saw you and and we talked at the time it was it was early but already the Giants were beginning to struggle. Um I thought this Giants team wasn't going was going to be pretty good. What what happened? What the heck happened this year? Yeah, you know what and Joe, I think I think people around here are still asking that question, yeah. including GMs and, and uh, scouts and owners and, and certainly our fans. Uh, I do think that it was, it was, you know, the perfect storm to have a really crappy year. Yeah. From when Bumgarner gets hurt in, a, in an accident to guys that are, are not having you like, like they usually have, like Crawfords and the Pences and those guys, they're just, they're just not having those kind of years. Joe Panic's not having, uh, you know, he's having a nice year. But in order to excel, and you look at the teams that are running for, you know, the postseason, there has to be a couple of guys that are having years that are off the charts for them. Yes. And if you don't have a couple of those guys, then it's possible you're going to be mediocre and you're going to be a 500 team. Uh, in the Giants' case, they haven't had guys that are having normal years. Right. And, uh, and you know, and that's just, it's just not going to work if all of a sudden your division becomes extremely competitive with the Rockies and, uh, and the Diamondbacks. So uh, the perfect storm hit. They've earned their record. Yeah. And they know that. So it's time to pick it up. It's really staggering. I mean, you, you make the point about – Perfect storm. I mean, nobody, including including Buster Posey, who I think is, you know, we would we would agree is a generational player, one of the one of the truly great players in baseball. Uh, but even by his standards, nobody's having even a good year. I mean, that's that's no. so strange for a team to like not have anybody sort of performing at the level where you would say, oh, that's you know, even if it's not their best year, you'd say, oh, well, that's. That's one of their better years. Not a single guy, not even one. That's right. And that's how does that happen? I mean, is that is it? I mean, you know, you, obviously from being a uh, you know both in the clubhouse and being around teams like this, um, you know, for for so many years. Do you think it's it's it catches each other? I mean, do you think there is something that just sort of like a flu bug that just goes through the entire clubhouse? I mean, how, how else do yeah. you explain this? Well, it's it's one of the really tough questions that great coaches have to deal with about an offense that's just not scoring runs. Well, you're not going to win too many games if you're averaging just over a run a game. Yeah. And it's very perplexing to the manager to see how this is happening and how to fix it. You may not be able to fix it now, but you can try to fix it in the offseason. Right. I will go defend Buster in a sense where he hasn't seen a fastball middle in since the league has decided there's nobody hitting behind him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he has to kind of, like, flip things to right field. Uh, you know, his average is fine. He's still around 315. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, look, he's, home runs, he's having a very good year. No, home runs are down. His RBIs are down. But until people start challenging him, uh, you know, he's going to end up with the numbers that he's got. And uh, and one of the things that the Giants are going to have to do in the offseason is they're going to have to get protection for him. If you don't, then the generational player that you're talking about is just going to have average numbers. And, uh, and when you got players like that, it's unacceptable because in four or five years, you're not going to have them. 
and uh, and that window is going to close. Now the window's been pretty good. I mean, three three world championships in five years. Right. Uh, you know that was pretty good. Pretty good. But uh, if you want to make another run at it, then you have to find some protection for them. Well, I think that's. I mean, he's one that you can. That you, we talk about how people feed off each other because look, the three fourteen average is terrific. The four hundred on base percentage is terrific. Um, you know, so those are those are you know superstar numbers. Uh, but the power numbers are down. That's clearly what it is, and yes. and clearly, like you're saying, I mean, he's a smart hitter. He's not gonna he's not gonna go chasing uh, just to try to, to try to put the ball, you know, uh, try to do more than he can do. So he's a very smart player. So you could see how how the whole sort of struggles of the team could could pull him. But I mean, the rotation too, and the bullpen. You know, I mean, this is this is really just a team wide issue, and and it's and it's strange. Obviously, for a lot of reasons, but it's particularly strange because, I mean, this is what the Giants have represented for the last, what, seven or eight years is always being bigger than the sum of their parts, right? It's like having having some, right. some, 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 you know, a couple of incredible players like Bumgarner and, and Posey, but really it's lots and lots of good players doing, you know, good work, and now it's like the opposite. It's really strange. Well, it is strange. And the other thing, too, Joe, is, is when you win – three world championships in five years, eventually some of those guys on those teams are going to have to get paid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the Giants have rewarded these guys. I mean, Belt starts out next year at a very high number. Uh, Crawford's, you know, making, you know, great change. Uh, Hunter Pence is in the last year of his deal. Uh, so if you look at, if you look at the... The salary that the Giants have this year, and you compare it to, say, the Padres, they should not be five or six games behind the Padres. Right. Just by what the salary is. But that's the collapse that has happened. And now it's just going to be very interesting watching Bobby Evans and Brian and all those people that have to do these things try to figure out how all of a sudden you can turn this team this year into a contender next year because you have the parts to do it. Uh, there aren't many teams that can go into the season next year that would have Bumgarner, Cueto, Samarja as your one, two, and three guys. Right. And uh, and if you can't win a lot of games with those three guys, you know what? Then just pack it in. Yeah. Because, uh, because you know, they, they've got the pedigree to do it. All right. You've seen... A bunch, you know, against them, and you'll see a bunch more before the end of the year. By the way, but you've seen a bunch of those Dodgers. Uh, obviously, that Giants Dodgers thing is always fun. Uh, but how how good is that Dodgers team from from, from watching? They're really them, good. They're really good, right? They're really good, and I'll tell you why they're really good. Uh, you know, they're getting a great year out of uh, Bellinger, which you know, I, I look. I remember the Dodgers were in town. Was like Bellinger? Yeah. Well, who's that guy? <laughs> And uh, Corey Seager's a great year. You know, Turner's having another fabulous year. Yeah. They've done a lot of this without Gonzalez. Uh, Yasiel Puig is, is, looks like he's showing some interest. But, you know, the revelation is some of the spot players that, that have just come out and done a great job. And, uh, and the Taylor kid is just having a phenomenal year. Terrific. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and that comes out of nowhere. So you need players like that that come out of nowhere, and uh, 
And now what they have to do is they have to kind of forget about the regular season and forget about the amount of wins that they're going to get. And they need to start thinking about how they're going to get through round one because postseason is going to be fun this year. It is. I mean, it's always fun. Giants are not. But it's going to be fun watching. And it may end up being the Nationals against the Dodgers or yeah. the Nationals against the Cubs. And uh, and when you've got Stillsburg and you've got Cesar and you've got Gonzalez and you've got that offense, uh, I think that this very well could be Dusty's year, and I really hope it is. Yeah, I was I was thinking of that, and I, I want to ask you uh, specifically about uh, Dusty and the Nationals in a minute. Um, you mentioned Puig, though. I, I don't know. Did you see yesterday uh, in, the, in the Dodgers kind of got uh, – uh, swept by Arizona, and, and there was a uh, single hit to Puig, and he, he caught it, and he just he, he caught it out of bounds. And it, it was like batting practice. Like, he caught it and just kind of, like, held on to it, and nobody really knew what he was doing. And, and the runner, uh, uh, you know, took second on him, just, just took second yeah. on him. And it's the weirdest thing because this guy can play with so much – energy and enthusiasm and excitement uh he does he can do amazing things on the field in 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 every way and then goofy stupid stuff like that he just does it for no apparent reason just what a weird player yeah and you know what and and he's in a really good spot because he doesn't have to be the marquee guy right you know he can hit seventh or he can hit you know, six, and he doesn't have to do all the damage that some of these other guys. But I tell you what, you cannot, you just cannot do what he did yesterday without having somebody, whether it's a veteran like Utley or whether it's a manager, say, yo, yes, yo. Yeah. You know what we're trying to do here? We're trying to build a reputation that for no nonsense, and we're going to go into the postseason and we're going to play really smart. And we can't, we don't want to see that. Uh, so I'm sure that somebody's going to say something to him. Oh yeah. And, uh, but he's having a great year. You know, you can't take anything away from what he's done. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting once this whole postseason starts. It uh, is going to be. It's I kind of wish it started in a week, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we, we, I think there are a lot of people in uh, San Francisco that would mind it uh, starting right now. Yes. But uh, I do want to talk to you about Dusty for a minute uh, and, and the Nationals. First of all, that Nationals team, nobody's – really talking about them because the Dodgers have been such a such a great story all year and and are on record pace although not not so much anymore but but we're on record pace a lot of people were talking about the Astros early when they were kind of on record pace Boston Cleveland everybody always talks about them or they were Boston particularly uh, the Yankees with Judge and nobody's really looking at Washington and to me something really interesting can happen first of all a lot depends on Bryce Harper coming back healthy. But assuming that does happen, which I think most people are still optimistic will, that team is really, really good. And if that team would go to the World Series and win it, it would just sum up uh, a Hall of Fame career, I think, for Dusty Baker. And and I don't know that people realize that, just realize how good it's been, probably because he's been in, you know, in some heartbreaking situations. But... It is. It has been an extraordinary career for Dusty Baker. Yeah, it's the one box that he hasn't been able to check. Yeah, uh, it probably should have been checked in O two uh, when you've got a four run lead in the seventh inning yes. of 
a clinch game, you know, you have to win that game, and the Giants didn't. And then, you know, by the time they got to Game 7, you know, everybody was looking over their shoulder. And right. There wasn't much uh, Dusty Baker could do at that point, but he's checked all the boxes, and uh, and this is the one thing that, you know, that's kind of eluded him. Uh, he's been fabulous. He's been fabulous for the game. Uh, wherever he's gone, uh, he's really done a really nice job. Yeah. And uh, and I think wherever he's gone, uh, he's made relationships with people in those towns, in those organizations, and uh, and he's been great. And I, I, look, I played against Dusty when he was in Venezuela, and he was great. Wow. Uh, I played it with. I played against him. Obviously, when I was with the Giants, sure. And then he was with the Dodgers, and he was in a guy that you were going to really like a lot on the field. He was <laughs> cocky and talked a lot, and and then in '84 he ends up with the Giants, and uh, and that's where you get to know a guy when he becomes your teammate, and uh, and he was fun. My goodness, he was just fun to have around for 162 games, and then he becomes a hitting coach, becomes a manager, and uh, and he's done everything he could possibly do in this game. And uh, a world championship would be one that I would be very much in favor of watching him celebrate. Well, I, I would too. I would too. Look, I, and and you know, obviously, uh, he's been criticized a lot, you know, for for various things, the overusing pitchers or or various game moves as managers tend to be, especially when they can't quite win at all. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I think that that tends to overstate. This has been like you, your point is one hundred percent right, and I, and I feel the same. You know, that you've had this in, in your own way as well, but what a life in baseball Dusty Baker has had. I mean, you think yeah. about him as a player going all the way back and his relationships with Hank Aaron and and, and all the way through and, and being there on the cusp with the Giants, but also being there on the cusp with the Cubs and, and what a what a career it's been. I, I I wouldn't you know, there are a lot of great stories to root for, but I have to admit I I really am touched by the idea of, of Dusty Baker winning a championship, you know, and they even even extended his contract in Washington yet. I, I yeah, well, you know, it's crazy. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I, I, you know, I, I'm a little, you know, I shake my head with some of the things that they do, but, uh, but not on what they do on the field. Right. I will tell you this though, Joe, if it comes down to the Indians and the Nationals oh, to win a World Series, yeah. I'm sorry, Dusty's out. No, that's right. No, no, that's that goes without saying. That goes without saying. It's got to be, I mean, 48. I mean, look, as great as Dusty's been, he hadn't been doing it since 1948. I mean, you know, you have yeah. to – that's that's a long time without championships. Joe, I'm sitting in my kitchen for Game 7 last year. Okay. And you know how it looks like the team you want to win is going to lose? Yeah. So you're not really paying a great deal of attention. You're just waiting for that last out. And then Raj Davis hits the home run. Unbelievable. And I'm telling you, I, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> and at that point, I couldn't watch. And I took my cell phone, and I went out in the street, and I just started to walk. <laughs> and I listened to the game on the radio. I, I, it, it was like, you know, it was like Brian Sipe. It was like Greg Elo. Yes. You know, it was like Ernest Biner. Here we go again, right? And I thought, when he hit that home run, I said, this is it. They are going to do it. And then it rained. Then it rained. It rained. <laughs> that, 
It can't rain right then, and it can't rain for just eight minutes. Right, right. Just enough time. Right. Just enough. Well, yes. oh, I said this at the time. All right, so so we're talking game seven. It looks like it's over. Uh, Roger Davis hits the home run to tie it at the time. And I said at the time, I wrote at the time, as a lifelong Clevelander who, like you, have gone through all of the Cleveland agonies through the years, um, obviously some of it uh, salved by by LeBron and, and the Cavs finally winning it. But still, right. you know, look, it's that's great, but it still doesn't affect the Browns or, or, or the Indians. Um, I said that Rajai Davis home run in some ways – is the greatest Cleveland sports moment of my lifetime. Just because, you know what? I can't argue with that. Yeah. I can't. Because it was over. The game was over, and then suddenly it wasn't, and, oh, it just felt so great. Well, plus, Joe, it's a journeyman player against arguably at that time the base closer who throws 120 miles an hour. <laughs> so it's not going to happen. It's a journeyman guy. Journeyman guy. He he no chance. He hits it out. Pulls it out. Incredible. He hits it out. And then it rained. Then it rained. Ugh, incredible. And Bonds hits one high. Hits it deep. It is out of here. 7.56. Bonds stands alone. He is on top of the all-time home run list. All right, I have to ask you one more thing. Every year, obviously... Uh, the Hall of Fame thing comes up, and uh, and Barry Bonds' name comes up, and you know it, it occurs to me you obviously saw Barry Bonds every year that he was with the Giants, and and what an incredible right. player he was leading into the into the incredible home run stretch and and coming out of it. Um, should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? I do think he should be, Joe, and. And I also feel like, uh, you know, making him wait, you know, that's fine. And I think he's perfectly happy with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we saw Bonds before he was accused of steroids. Right. And uh, and he was was a great player. Uh, And I get the argument, you know, you can't vote a guy in for being great before he took HGH or whatever it was. but I think he he belongs in there, and and I don't think Joe he's going to go in as long as Frank Robinson, and as long as Lincoln, and as long as those guys that group uh, are still around. Yeah, because I think that their voice is strong enough to keep him out. But as the next generation starts to to have a voice, uh, that's when I think you're going to start to see the Clemens and the Bonds and. Well, maybe McGuire, I don't know. But uh, but that group that involved the Qs and some of them did it, uh, you know, get their just too. Uh it really was an odd time. And uh and we sat through it and we enjoyed every at bat that Barry Bonds had. And uh and in a lot of ways it, it his doing what he did, we benefited from it. Sure, oh sure. Because we got the call I got to call the home runs. Yeah. And uh and I got to watch him. And uh, and we saw the dislike of other broadcasters, <laughs> how much they disliked him, and uh, and we saw it. You know, I mean, you listen to a visiting broadcaster call a Bonds home run, 
and you think it was a spring training home run. Meanwhile, I'm falling out of my chair. Uh, so, uh, you know, you just, you know, we, we went through it. We enjoyed every minute of it. We get it. We're not fools. Uh, but I think eventually he's going to get in, and I think he should. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and for, for all the, the things you're saying, I mean, you know, I, look, I, I get the arguments. I really do. I get all of them. I do, too. And, and yeah. I, I do, too. I, I, you know, if, if people have such a strong argument about them not getting in, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. That's right. Uh, but, you know, I saw the guy. Uh, I saw something the other day, and I really thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, Stanton's, I don't know, it is 53rd or something. Right. And, uh, and they were talking about, uh, Bonds hit, hit, I don't know, all of his home runs in, uh, what was it, uh, 2003? Was that the year that he broke the record? 2001. Or one, no, 2001. 2001. Uh, all the home runs he hit that year, he had the same amount of at bats as Stanton had that night that he hit the home run. It was like two days ago. Oh. So the point is, is he just didn't see a lot of pitches. He didn't. And when he got one, then he took advantage of it. You see so many guys, and I watch them on the Giants. I use them as an example. They get a fastball, and they foul it back. He didn't foul ball stop because he only got one pitch to get it out. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's speaks a lot to uh, to what he could do in, a, in teams that just were not going to let him see, see pitches to hit, and, uh, and they just pitch around him. So, How about that? Uh, he was at the park yesterday. And, uh, you know, I see guys that walk up to him, and they're asking for help. And, uh, you know, he'll kind of look at him like, look, I'm not going to waste my time if you're not going to listen. Well, that's interesting. And, uh, and that's just the way he is. I'm, I'm looking at this, by the way, I, I, since you mentioned that, because I had no idea. Uh, Stanton has 491 at-bats this year. 2001, when Bonds hit 73 home runs, 476 at-bats. So, so it's pretty close. It's, well, no, he has, he, has, he has less. He has fewer at-bats than Stanton, which is yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, <laughs> crazy. what it is is that's just an example of how he had to take advantage of what they gave him. And uh, and he did, he did. Now that's when you when you get walked 177 times like he did that year. That uh, that'll do it. But yeah, I and you you would have to say now. The, the, and and this is this is not to in any way, uh, you know, the, the, like you said, the times were different. Lots of people were doing lots of things. Whatever. I'm not even. I don't even want to go to that point. But you'd have to say there's never been anything like that, Barry Bonds, right? I mean, you've you ever seen a hitter as locked in as Barry Bonds was then? No, no, not in that area. And, and, uh, you know, to stand on top of the plate and dare guys to, to throw him a fastball in. Uh, I watched Frank Robinson do it. I, I'll tell a quick story. Yeah. When Frank was managing and he had a, he had a team meeting and we, and he was going over some of the, shooters, and that's some older guys. And, uh, and, He's still playing it. So he's a player manager. Sure. And he said, look, he said, I'm telling all my pitchers, if there's a guy that comes up and he's over 35 years old, I want you 
to jam that fastball in on his hands every time. Every time. He said, there's only one exception, and that's when I'm at the plate. <laughs> I love it. So Frank, so Frank was pretty confident that his knees, they still weren't going to be able to get that fastball in. But the point is, is with Bonds, you know, nobody did. Nobody did. And then he had the guard on his right elbow, so if he hit him, he didn't care. So, uh, so he had a few things in his favor, quite frankly. But he took advantage of it. It was incredible. Well, I mean, just you couldn't throw it. You couldn't throw it by him inside. It's insane. Insane. No. All right. Well, Dwayne, this has been fantastic. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for the postseason. Do you have a prediction? I mean, do you do do you have a uh, a postseason prediction? You know what I. I... You know, having we saw the Indians and, and they weren't playing very well when they were human. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, the Astros just got better really fast. Wow, boy, didn't they uh, with that Verlander you know, trade? Dodgers, you know, we saw what happened with Seattle when they won all those games. What was it, two thousand and two? Two thousand one, same year. Same year. So, you know, my my dream matchup would be the Astros. Uh, and the Indians. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that'll happen. And then I'd like to definitely, and I'd probably go if they had a parade in Cleveland. Down Euclid Avenue, it would be awesome. Oh, I'd be there. I would be there for sure. You know what? We'll, we'll hire our own float. You and I will go. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. We'll have our own float going down Euclid Avenue if Cleveland ever wins the... We'll uh... find a... We'll find a Beat up old pickup truck from the 70s and we'll <laughs> jump right into that parade. It'd be great. I love it. I love it. Well, Dwayne, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, have a have a good final month, I guess. Yeah. Great, Joe. Look, I always appreciate the, you know, and I follow you on all the social media. And, uh, the, the great compliment that you gave me did not go unnoticed about the, uh, the Players Weekend with the nicknames on the back. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that. It went a lot because, hey, I got one guy out there that likes me. That's all I needed. So I appreciate the voice you have. Well, no, thank you. And you have many, many more fans than just me. But, yes, thank you so much. Uh, and all the best. All right, Joe. Appreciate it.